There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to TF3, where today we're joined by Kristen and Dave will be joining in a second. Adam is still in France. He was live at the game tonight. We're hoping to get him at some point. Chris, you're on New York streets. I am indeed. It's busy. There's people everywhere. Which New York street are you on? Why are you on a New York street? So at the minute, I believe I am on 42nd Street heading towards Fifth Avenue, what are which you is doing? like your Times Square. Okay. Well, predominantly, I'm covering Copper America, which has been a wonderfully enjoyable experience. It's... A lot of players, funnily enough, you don't get to see that often because, again, there's only so much football you can watch and, and ingest. So it's been, as I touched on when I talked to you last time, it's, it's been a learning experience in so many different ways. But then, you know, I was talking to my dad the other night and I said, you realise there's a chance that in about seven days' time I'll be watching Lionel Messi and he'll be about six feet away from me. Things like that you can't really, you can't put into words, I think, how, how special an opportunity that is. And, like I said, I'm very fortunate to get that chance to do it. Well, you are going to get that chance. However, USA may not be so grateful for the chance to face Lionel Messi. Um, but they are in the semi-finals. How do USA rate their chances against uh, one of the best teams in the world on paper? I think I think American fans are brutally honest with themselves. What you can say about Argentina is they've never looked thoroughly convincing during this tournament. They've required some very good results of school goals. They've also had little wobbly moments. There's a 15-minute period against Venezuela where the Venezuelans, the, for all kind of their, their perception going into the tournament, did dominate things. And if they had a few better, I would say, finishes in the team, they could have really challenged Argentina in that game. Uh, even Tata Martino said afterwards, there was a, a period where they kind of stopped us playing our game. And... I think if the US can take lessons from that, maybe get a bit of fortune, because I think in games like this you need a bounce, then they can cause some trouble. It's just whether those things will all culminate into that perfect storm. It's 21 years since they beat Argentina. Well, well they've got to keep it compact. This is, this is perhaps where, where Venezuela thought they were going to be clever. They, they put three in midfield and thought if we can shift Messi out wide, then we can stop him being new. Well, they didn't think Messi would pull out wide and instead of side like he used to he would just pick spots with passes if you look at the goal for Gonzalo Higuain it's a beautiful breaking ball 
backs off outside to in. Oh, it's absolutely bamboozles the entire Venezuelan defence. Mm. And let's see Wayne score what is a, a beautiful goal for, from his angle as well in terms of that applied finish. It's, it's an all-round great team goal. And you would argue it's, it's the kind of situation that is nigh unstoppable. So, it, I mean, that's the main thing here, isn't it? Is if um, you were saying that the the fans don't tend to get on the players' back as much as they do on Klinsmans. So, is this a good thing that they're playing in this location? I think so. I think Klinsman has a very convoluted perception in the United States. There are some who think he's a bit of a charlatan. There are others who think that actually he's getting them. Results. I mean, they've not competed, I would say, regularly in Copa America, but he's on already matched their best ever finish by getting them to the semi-final. Now, if he can take them one step further, that in itself is making history. And, and you know, Alexis Dallas put it quite well, I thought. Sometimes it's not always about playing the pretty stuff. It's about getting results. And yes, in the short term, I think that's a, a valid point. The long term, which I think a lot of US fans are now starting to look at, is not building anything. It doesn't feel as if he's building a culture and a synergy amongst the youth teams. And look, I think if he gets to that final, that masks the fact they didn't make the Olympics for starters. It, it cures a lot of ills, at least in the short term, until the next problem arises. Who's your call on the other arm of the semi-finals? You know, it's so difficult because I feel like if you asked me 10 minutes in, I could probably predict it quite well. Because on the one hand, you've got Colombia with James, who has this total antithesis to his club situation in the sense that everyone in the Colombian team looks at him and says... This is our guy. We've got to give him opportunities. Now, in fairness, I talked to Ronald Matarita, the Costa Rican defender at the weekend, who came up against him in the group stages. And he said, actually, Hamas is, is very good. I, I won't deny that. But Juan Cuadrado is just as important and just as dangerous. And I think that's a very valid point. And it's something that gets lost in the, the mire of discussion about Colombia as a national team. There was just moments so against Peru where I felt like the pressure was getting to him. Exactly. It was just moments I felt during the Peru game that Mez was feeling the now I managed to speak to Jason Murillo afterwards and, and he said there's there's no pressure on anyone it's a, it's a team game Hamez in particular doesn't have pressure on him to perform but I think I disagree with that if I'm honest I, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to dictate things and be talking for everything and that's a lot of pressure for a guy who again hasn't necessarily been trusted at club level on the other end of that Chile put on an absolutely sensational performance against Mexico they ran riot against them the first the entirety of the first half they were just sharper they were quicker and, and you can talk about when Carlos Osorio's need to tinker and how that destabilised the Mexican team. It didn't change the fact that Chile were just like a swarm of wasps. Just would not let Mexico settle. And defensively, I have some suspicions and some concerns about Colombia. And, and I think, personally, if I'm pushed for that reason, I would be inclined to give it to Chile. <laughs> but saying that, my predictions for this tournament have been so awry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look to put any more... Yeah, good point. Um, and so, uh, Chris, who's going to be in the final? Who versus who? Although, actually, that feels unfair to make you call at this point. I, I think I think you're looking at Chile, Argentina, and as a consequence of that, you're looking at what will be, I think, a sensational final. Um, mm. Again, I know that in itself is a bold claim, but I think with those two teams, the way they're set up, the way they work. I think you get an absolutely brilliant contest between them. Not only that, but that mean, that sets up for a lovely third place match as well. It does as well. It, it, you know, it, it gives a chance. I guess you could say, assuming the United States lose, for them to make a little bit more history because in '95 they finished fourth. So if he gets them to third, you you can argue 
perhaps pedantically, that he's improved things a little bit there. Mm. The, it will be disappointment if they don't make it through, of course. I think the thing with the United States is they've just got to keep focus on that game and, and trying to make it work because it's, it's look, it's a big ass to stop Higuain and Messi. They've both had brilliant club seasons. Um, but I've seen bigger shots. That's that's what you've got to keep a hold of if you're an American fan right now. We've seen bigger shots. Interesting point. Well, Chris, um, I'm going to let you get back to your New York minute. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on TF3. We'll see you again soon. Always a pleasure, buddy. Speak soon. That was fantastic, man. I'll let you get back to New York. Chris Hennish there on Skype, live from New York. Good guy. Uh, poor connection, but still worth listening to. Um, follow Chris at K Hennage. K-H-E-N-E-A-G-E. Joining me now is S-Q-U-A-W-K-A-D-A-V-E. Good to have you, Dave. Yeah, cheers, man. Excellent um, letters there, Lawrence. Top yeah. lettering. Good good try with the lettering, at least. Um, we're here to talk Euro 2016. We just heard Chris talking about uh, Copper America. Let's get straight down to it. England tonight drew against Slovakia to finish second in the group. Wales finished top. Let's go with the dominant Wales first, Dave. Wales, well, I mean... Uh, despite losing to England, finished this group on a high. They, they really did. You know, that, that performance against Russia, they really blew them away. Um, it was a very good performance from Wales. The goals were all pretty decent. All, um, coming from turnovers and then breaking quite quickly, uh, the really enjoyed the Neil Taylor goal. That was an absolutely fantastic overlap from the wing-back. It's perfect for their system. That's what their system gears to, is um, getting them in a position to use their wing-backs to create those overloads. You know, Aaron Ramsey had an absolute fantastic game. Um, you know, the top assist at the Euros, uh, his game by numbers was fantastic. Six chances created, six crosses, one goal and one assist. What a performance from Ramsey. And then Gareth Bale breaking records, the first player since Ruud van Nistelrooy in 2004 um, to score the Euros. To score in every game of the... Of the, of the, of the group stages, yeah. Okay. Um, interesting stuff. I mean, I was, I was trying to think... You know, uh, oh, England have had a bit of a rough uh, ride of it because, you know, they faced Russia first. That was always going to be a difficult one. But then I thought, you know what? Wales had the same. Wales had Slovakia, who England then drew nil-nil against. So Wales have got a very different approach to this tournament, haven't they, Dave? They're sort of open-minded, we'll get what we have, whereas England feel quite different. And it seems if one's inhibiting one team and one is allowing the other to sort of recover as they go. Yeah, well, I think that's the sort of style that Wales are playing. It's very, very fast-paced. It's uh, you know, very heavily geared towards playing Gareth Bale and then the counter-attack. And if there's one male, man in world football that can exploit space and exploit people on the break, it's Gareth Bale. So, you know, expect them to be very dangerous in this tournament. They they did, they did played well in that first half against England, but I think Roy did get it right in the second half and it did change the game. And, and um, Chris Coleman has had a fantastic qualification um, and a fantastic tournament so far. Didn't really react to that Roy Hodgson change and went a little bit too defensive. Maybe that's a mistake that he had to make and now he's going to sort of evolve from that again, you know. It's, they're just going to be so dangerous, so, so dangerous on the counter-attack. And if Ramsey's in form, if they're, you know, they're solid in midfield, Joe Allen, who uh, had a very, very good game as well, you know, it's, they've got a lot of potential. Yeah, there is a lot of potential in there. Um, what, who can they play next? That's my question. So England were supposedly going to get Albania. So I think Wales will face Albania. If Albania be, are one of the best third place yes, finishing teams. Yes, if Albania are the best. If not, I don't know, Lawrence. Anything could happen in this draw. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Albania could be a bit of a mismatch. I did mention um, on TFL Live that uh, whoever Albania play, if they play against pace, they might struggle. 
Um, you know, they played a Romania side that sort of plays in front of them. They played a French side that sort of plays in front of them. So it could be, and a Swiss side that does play very much in front of them. It doesn't have, you know, whenever Switzerland did get in behind, they got in behind a few times, um, but they just didn't take their chances. So I feel like a England or a, or a, uh, Wales in a way that are ruthless on the break or could be ruthless in England's case. I haven't been tested in that manner yet. They could, they really could cause this Albania side a lot of issues. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it wasn't only Gareth Bale tonight. There was, like you say, there's also Aaron Ramsey mm. in there, and there's a good there's a good combo of players. I mean, it seems like what they found is the right formation to get the best out of these guys. Yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's the Gareth Bale and uh, Ramsey sort of operating behind a, a lone target man, or not even a target man. Uh, today, I think it might have been Johnny Wills, uh, Johnny Williams today. Mm. But I think it's it's fluid, and I think that's the key to it that it's so fluid in attack. It's very difficult to pick up, and they're happy to they're happy to sit deep and defend, playing with three centre backs, and those wing backs just tuck in and make a five, which difficult to break down in any uh, you know in any type of football be it league one league two or be it the champions league a back five is always difficult difficult to break down and with ashley williams in the middle they've got a real commanding leader in there um so yeah it's it's looking very very good for what about england though dave because england drew nil nil and that gave them a second place finish against slovakia they could have done much better they could have done more in this but ultimately they didn't create enough I think that's inherently was the issue. England were far too narrow in the final third, and they they lacked a natural weapon. You know, we did mention before, the, you know, in the preview that England did. You know, they had they could have brought someone like Michel Antonio, who was banging on about, would have been perfect for a game like this, where England stretched Slovakia when they went wide. You know, Nathaniel Klein was brilliant in the game, created seven chances, three more than any the play on the pitch, and created a good one for Adam Lallana that cutback that really Slovakia a lot of issues Lana hitting the target but probably should have scored obviously quite hard, quite critical that quite harsh but you've got to take your chances at this level you have to be ruthless um, in the penalty area Jamie Vardy had a number of chances probably should have scored that one on one again um, going back to his technique could be a little bit of an issue if he has a bit too much time think it's not instinctive that sort of calls on a little bit of issues within his own self so yeah I think that a natural wide play could have helped England today it was all inward England registered 30 shots against against Slovakia sorry which is a lot of shots but most of them were coming from outside the area that were either blocked or um, ballooning wide so Slovakia did limit England to uh, you know an area of the pitch that they could they were very comfortable with Martin Scully four blocks in the game more than any other player on the pitch and generally had a pretty decent game. Someone that we highlighted before that could have been um, in a place where England could have targeted on the break or if they got you know space in behind Skirtle. England didn't really do enough. Really annoying. You know, Jamie Vardy running the near post twice in the opening 10 minutes and it started to look like there was a big issue there that they could deal with that, the Slovakian defence. Then England just didn't attack down that avenue. And it was very frustrating, as always it is an England fan. I think Eric, Eric Dyer was England's best player uh, you know, completed the most passes deep in midfield, broke up the play well. Um, but you know, you don't really want your defensive midfielder completing all the passes. You want to, you want to be further up. You want to be higher up. Someone like Jack Wilshire, who for me was was awful in the first half. Complete, you know, attempted twenty seven passes, only completing um, twenty two twenty two of those equivalent of eighty percent. Wasn't good enough. For Jack Wilshire passing in wrong areas, not, not controlling the game, which should have been did get introduced on the 56th minute potentially that should have been a bit earlier because Wayne Rooney has been good in this tournament at controlling the tempo in stages mm. I mean that leaves England with in the next round the 50% chance of facing Hungary according to PA uh, 14 um, roughly sort of fit 14 to 17% chance facing Austria Portugal or Iceland uh, those are sort of based on match odds and aggregation and those sort of things although apparently it's very difficult uh, sort of results-wise for England to end up facing uh, Portugal. Um, still interesting though, Dave, because it's not really just about the next game. It's also about the route that then 
England then have to take to the final? Yeah, so in, in terms of the route, um, I'm personally, I, I only saw the route of England top, finishing top because that's exactly what I thought. So who have, we, who have England got um, now, Lawrence? What, what side of the tournament are they in? Are they on the Germany side? Are they on the France? They're, they're on the France side, I think, aren't they? I think so. Uh, so I think I've, if they... I've not, I've not literally recorded this almost right after the game, so I've not actually had a chance to take a look. So I, th- I think if they win their quarters, I think they... No, actually, I think if they win their last 16 game, they, they will face France. And they'll face uh, Dimitri Payet in good form. They'll, they'll uh, you know, other players that uh, potentially might hit a bit of form in the stage of the tournament. Yeah, that is worrying. Um, then, uh, obviously, also that means that Slovakia are most likely to go through at this point. Mm. Yeah, you'd say so. I think the, the four points is, I think they're pretty much through. I'd say three or four points would definitely get you through in this, this uh, sort of this structure of the tournament so yeah I'd say Slovakia are through I think they knew that as well I think they were 100% playing for that nil-nil draw and they, they, they did it very well yeah other news frustrating today. as always yeah, I mean it is frustrating for England but at the same time they sort of deserve it um, I think you know, people are talking about rotation of uh, all sorts of people sort of England bringing on Rooney too late and all those kind of things but ultimately that side that was fielded tonight should have done a better job and tactically should have done better yeah, I think they didn't get they didn't get enough players in in the uh, in between the midfield and the defence of Slovakia and, and really cause some problems yeah. there. I think that was an issue. Deli Ali looked quite bright when he came on, was making the right runs in behind, but just they just lack so much. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, obviously there are a lot of other headlines today. Uh, England mm. go through obviously, and there's, there's a lot of good things to happen. Jordan um, Shakiri, obviously with his quote about Puma, I hope they don't produce condoms. Puma have apparently launched um, a an investigation. <laughs> how so many shirts ended up ripping uh, in in the Switzerland game because there were a lot of ripped shirts, Dave, and I was sort of confused by that. Yeah, I think there was the most ripped single game of football the Euro so far. Lawrence, four shirts, in fact, splitting open after some pretty uh, cheap tugs. <laughs> you know, there, there were some there were some pretty you know potential yellow card moments there with with all the shirts ripping. You know, <laughs> cynical fouling from from the likes of Pogba and the gang. But at the same time, we were also saying uh, how if you got, if you got sort of like a high end game and people are ripping hard enough, you are likely to rip a shirt. Yeah, yeah I think so. These these lads are all athletes, aren't they? Big. You know, will work out a lot, so they'll, they'll be reasonably strong. But I think the, the you know, it did they did seem a bit a bit soft. Mm. Yeah, m- maybe. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, Dave, Van Yama's moved to Spurs for 11 million. 
Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting signing. Um, I've been linked with Spurs for a while. Adam will probably be quite happy, but I do feel that Eric Dyer's playing that role for Spurs, and he plays it a lot better than uh, Victor Wanyama. Victor Wanyama is quite a limited player, good at breaking the ball up, but that's pretty much it in a way. Whereas Eric Dyer does have that extra element to his game of being a ball player, um, you know, being a um, you know being a centre back, being a fullback before he moved into midfield, and, and you know, dictating the play from deep. So I think that's. It's an interesting one, but it will give Spurs um, depth, and it will also give the option of playing both both uh, Wanyama and Eric Dyer. You know, if they did play, you know, play in a bigger game and they want to put a, a tough tackler in there against an Arsenal or someone like that, then it's a good option. Fair enough. Uh, it, it, Mohamed Sissoko, Mamadou Sissoko, I should probably say that right, Mamadou Sissoko uh, learns of his possible drugs ban uh, in three weeks. Weird how it's going to come post. Uh, Euro 2016, Dave, at this point. And almost frustrating for him because he would have wanted to be in the France squad. This all could have happened a lot quicker, it's fair to say. Yeah, I think the impulse, what was it? It was in February, right? When they, they first got, because it was in that Champions, the Champions League game, we wish, eh, Lawrence, the Europa League game between Man United and uh, Liverpool. So that was, that was a long time ago. So I don't know how, what do you think? Surely you do take a protest. You can, you know, you find the findings within 24 hours. I don't understand what's taking so long. Yeah, I guess that must be really frustrating for him because he has lost out on a full tournament here. Mm. Uh, Dave, is Ronaldo showing himself in the best light at this tournament? We were talking about Portugal a little bit tonight on TFR, um, and you know, essentially, uh, you know, they've not done great at this tournament. You know that he's he's now got all these terrible stats against him about missing the most set pieces, etc. Um, and that sort of thing must be very frustrating for him. Uh, he's still the best chance of getting through to the next round, though? Or, uh, I hate to say it, but is he almost like a Rooney-esque figure uh, uh, for Portugal at this point? No, nah, I think he'll, he'll, as soon as he scores one, he'll score a hat-trick. I think Ronaldo, uh, you know, if you go into the bookmakers now, you'd find great value in Ronaldo, top scorer for the Euros, because that's just on the, the volume of shots that he's had. He's had 20 shots at the tournament so far. The next player is on nine. That is a hell of a margin, you know, that's sort of Champions League Ronaldo figures. So just expect him to hit the back of the net once and he will go on and start smashing teams. Not only that, I feel Dave, like this Portuguese but, uh, team. He's got to beat Bale, so there's a bit of personal competition there. There is, yeah, the, the, the personal banter. Um, Bale obviously three ahead, so Ronaldo does have to score a hat trick in the last game um, to get up there, and I feel he will do. I feel this Portuguese team is going to be very dangerous in the, the knockout stages just because they have a lot of workers in that side and they do have the finesse of Nani and Ronaldo and Charisma up top. But I think they should play two of them. I think three is a bit too much. In the first game, they played two of them. I thought Portugal were really good in the first half against Iceland. They struggled in the second half. I think they were a bit too cocky. Mm. But again, in the next game, they played the three of them. They played Nani, Charisma and Ronaldo. I think that's a bit of a mistake. I feel play with that, that diamond in midfield and then two of those forwards up top and then just let them break. Let them go wide. Let them attack people. Give them the freedom. Defend with eight. Uh, leave two up top. Let's go to another uh, guy who is somewhat of a talismanic figure. Uh, Ibrahimovic, his agent has said, United uh, bounds that and wants revenge over mm-hmm. Guardiola. That's it. Um, N'Golo Kante uh, is apparently very much wanted by uh, Real Madrid. That would be an interesting one. And Dave, uh, Ryan Giggs is set to take a break. Yeah, I think that could be a good a good thing for him. Not, He's been in the limelight for a while, as, right? Not be not as far as manager? Mm, again, that's a very competitive a championship that's got a lot in terms of players and t- it's, it's very very difficult to get out of that league so I feel it might be a step too far for for just dropping in there as, as your first job you know I'd say go back to league one and go to league two do what Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank did with Burton Albion you know go deep and then maybe go for the likes of QPR like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank did I feel that a break could be quite good because he's been playing football since what the age of 
you know, 11, a, a, a very, a very high level, be it, you know, youth level then for Manchester United and then straight into the system manager also. It could be good for Rangix just to get his head right, you know, get his tactical beliefs down, maybe go travelling like Guardiola did, go, go to speak to Bielsa, go and check out these, uh, you know, wonderful managers around the world. But yeah, it could be good for him. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and of course, Dave, we've got to go to tomorrow's previews. Uh, there's two games at five, two games at eight. This is all to prevent those guys from cheating. Because cheating is just a big issue. Um, but before that, Lauren Blanc is leaving PSG, Dave. Mm, interesting. I think it was about time this PSG team, this 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 last um, Champions League season, they, that should have been their time. You know, he they should have beaten City. He went with a 3-5-5-2 playing Sergio Aurier at centre-back. Sergio Aurier doesn't strike me as the smartest of footballers. A bit of a mistake for me. So um, it's probably time for Blanc to go. If you've watched his PSG team play domestically, they're absolutely they're boring as anything. They play with no tempo. They, they do beat teams by a lot of goals, but it's not an exciting brand of football. So I think it's probably about time for him to move on. Someone like... Um, Emre to, to get a job finally, you know, the severe boss that's big rumoured to take over, finally get that chance of taking on a big team um, and see what he can do there because he's, he's so good at building a team around one player. So it'd be interesting to see whether it's Dean Maria, whether it's um, Edison Cavani that he builds this next PSG team around. Mm. Oh, or even Kevin Gramero. I was going to say, PSG. yeah, is there, a, is there another option that PSG are going to bring in someone new? Mm, well, Gomero was at PSG before he went to Sevilla, wasn't he? So um, a trip back there for him could be quite a good move. Mm. Will it happen, though? Let's find out. Uh, or will, say, a bail move there? Um, mm. It also looks as if Chad Evans, because he's getting a retrial, um, can sign for Chesterfield. Uh, I'm not going to ask for any opinion on this, Dave. Uh, no, no, no. But, he, yeah, not, not good. He's going to sign three <laughs> months before the rape retrial, which apparently... Um, well, I mean, most people are saying it looks like a foregone conclusion now because of what Chesterfield must at some point know. Or at least in the eyes of the law, um, maybe, uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's put it this way. He is, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, in the eyes of the law, he's an innocent man right now. Right now. Uh, and apparently the Russian sporters' chief, Alexander, I think it's Sheprogin, arrested again in France after attending uh, his... 3-0 defeat to Wales. I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, I know it, I know it's fine, but it, it's all it's all well and good being nationalistic. Be nationalistic when your team are winning. Um, <laughs> Russia Russia possibly the worst team at this tournament so far, Dave? Confirmed. Comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, comfortably. Rubbish. Yeah. Um uh, unfortunately because actually a couple of people have tweeted and said, you know, they have the potential to be so much more and actually, you know, they are they're I mean, you know, they're, they're quite an aggressive team to watch. There's something quite nice about that, isn't there? Mm. Mm. They do have potential. Obviously, the injuries are what's sort of killed them. We didn't really cover the Croatia fans so in-depth yesterday. Uh, I've sort of read up a little bit more on them since. Obviously, it's very different to f actual fan violence. But Dave, what were your opinions on the flair situation? I mean, I, I, I spoke yesterday. I said it was very different sort of attacks on the street, that kind of thing. And I know we sort of need to separate the two. Uh, you know, it still doesn't stop us from being appalled by what went on. Um, and obviously it stopped the game. The, those fans have now been fined and threatened with ticket bans, etc. Do you think that goes far enough? Or do you think that there does need to be just a sort of a, look, you're not welcome at this tournament anymore? Yeah, it's a weird one. I think it's it's all due to a, pro a protest on the, the Croatian Football Federation, which is a strange one to do it at the international tournament. When that's, It just seems a bit 
peculiar. It seems like there's a big split in their fans. That's quite, you know, a little bit of an in-joke with had you, you know, with Split being one of the big teams in Croatia with Zagreb. Maybe it's a it's a hooligan element that, that are clashing with each other within the fans. But it's a, surely you should get behind the boys together and uh, like the Russians, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean that is part of it. Is is a little bit uh, unusual, but at the same time, you, you know, you sort of want the biggest stage to show your FA that you mm, fair it. point. I mean, it's not like the Russians or the English are sort of protesting when they're fighting, is it? It's very different. Um, no. On the plus side, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been named in the provisional squad for uh, Sweden. Um, and we just heard from Kristen that there's been some fantastic uh, performances in Copper America. Let's preview. Oh, and also uh, Tim Cahill is look, looking to join uh, Melbourne City. Mm. There you go. Um, now, David, let's preview tomorrow's games. I know I keep preluding that. Ukraine, Poland, first of all. The, the two previous hosts of the tournament in 2012 meet each other. Poland will be feeling supremely confident, Dave, but Ukraine need the result here. Well, yeah, I think it'll be um, definitely, it'll be 100%. I feel Poland have got too much for the Ukraine here. Ukraine have been very, very poor um, in this tournament. So I think, yeah, I'm going to go with Poland uh, 2 0, two goals from Lewandowski. Yeah, I mean, Poland could potentially still finish, as long as they don't lose badly to the Ukraine, still get one of those better third-place finishes because they sit on top of the group, uh, just one, uh, well, second in the group, but just one uh, goal difference, one goal goal mm. behind Germany. Um, you, I mean, Dave, do you think this one's probably going to be the, the most, the best game that we've seen for Poland so far? Because obviously they've been quite limited in the previous two by the two uh, sides that they've played. But with Ukraine sitting bottom you know, essentially not really being able to play for anything because of their goal difference. It could look like Poland sort of flex a little bit here. Yeah, I think so. I think with um, they, they face two different ways of negating them in a way with Northern Ireland sitting so deep and, um, you know, sitting with so many men behind the ball, back five, and then playing with Germany, who just, playing Germany, sorry, just dominated the ball. So they were strangled in both games, but in different ways. This could be the game where they really open it up and score some goals. Northern Ireland play Germany. How does Northern Ireland approach this one, Dave? Because Northern Ireland sit in that group on three points, uh, plus one uh, goal difference as well. You know, do you sort of go out there and attack them early on, or do you bunker out? Yeah, you bunker. You get the bunker out. You sit very, very deep. You, you sit with your, your five, um, your DM in front, and you, you just do um, hold it, defend deep, defend with no space in between the lines, and, and then look to counter with. Uh, with their forwards, you know, it's that's what they can do, really. That's it. They need to just do that and, you know, see out the game, pick up pick up the draw, and then they're sweet, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's just getting through, whereas Germany will want to finish on seven points, finish top of the group, won't they? Yeah, exactly. So we might see Mario Gomez may make his uh, big introduction with a goal. You know what? It wouldn't be so uh, such a terrible thing to play Mario Gomez against that back line, would it? Not at all, no. I think you've got to get as many forwards in the box there. So Muller, Gomez, I'll play them as a two up top and I think you've just got to support them you get as many runners into the box maybe Andre Schurl from the left because um, that's what, that's the only way that you're going to sort of beat a pack defences by is trying to overload them in certain areas Czech Republic versus Turkey next up Dave and this one's the 8 o'clock kickoff, uh, deciding the group this one's uh, Turkey obviously uh, put themselves in a difficult position in this group because they've basically been outplayed twice um, similar situation here it's going to be a tough. I think this might be a draw, you know. Really? Um, yeah, I just feel the Czech Republic aren't great. Turkey have been pretty poor. Um, yeah, I just can't see either team. One team will take the lead and the other one will equalise. I'm going to go one all. 
Well, I mean, Turkey uh, Turkey really don't have much of a chance again now. They're going to have to get a pretty big scoreline against Czech Republic. But uh, Czech Republic may still have a chance of creeping through their minus one goal difference and just one point in the group. They sit behind Croatia and Spain who play each other at the top of the group. Paul Merson, of course, Dave, earlier in the week said that he could beat this parsy parsy Spain team. <laughs> Good old Paul. Still, still um, hitting the in the old. Um... Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Where, I mean, he possibly could though, Dave, because there seems to be a disharmony in the Spain squad, as Pedro says, and I'm going to quote directly here. Um, it, it's not worth his time going there and being part of the group. <laughs> a bit weird, don't you think? It's almost ungrateful. Well, yeah, very ungrateful, but I think that he's, his place has been taken by Nolito, a player that have been very impressed in the in the second game. was absolutely awesome. His movement was great. He did the perfect thing for Spain, and that's run away from the ball and just keep moving and, and keeping your head up and, and, you know, taking his goal very well and getting an assist. But Morata, again, a striker that he's sitting a little bit of form, poor first game as well. So I feel like this Spain team will, um, I think they've just got a bit more, they've got a bit too much for this Croatia side. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, he has only played... 10 minutes so far but yeah uh, just a little bit too much though Dave do you think it, it, it's all about that winning it in the midfield and that's where Spain essentially have uh, yeah I think with Andres like Iniesta yeah Iniesta running it and also obviously Busquets as well yeah I think Busquets has played a peripheral role this tournament Iniesta's yeah. been so good um, so yeah just imagine you know Iniesta's going to dominate the game um, going to control um, so yeah I just imagined it's going to be a, a Spain win but they do you know Croatia do have their qualities obviously Luka Modric in there Labrakatic who's been very impressed with in the tournament um, so yeah it'll be a good it'll be a very good game of football it certainly will be a very good game of football uh, Germany another team they're a bit like Spain you know parsey parsey don't really hurt you <laughs> great words of Paul Merson there uh, of course uh, Barcelona's great guys are having a wonderful time on the opposite side of the world uh, Dave are you a fan of the beard on Lionel Messi I think it looks cool looks a little bit like Chabby doesn't he we all love Chabby on this podcast yeah no we, re- we really do yeah it, apparently it makes him look a little bit older mm, a bit more mature uh, Dave the NBA finals finished last night <gasps> Do you know what who happened, won? Lawrence? Do you know who, who won? Who won? You the tell Cleve- me. The Cleveland Cavaliers. No bloody way. Yeah, they, they is won. that the first time they've won it in 50 years? That's the first time they've... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's impressive because it's definitely the first time they won it with LeBron James. LeBron leading them last night to that. Actually, it was more like Kyrie, but LeBron James did some impressive defensive work as well and then came on strong at the end. Um, I, I mean, uh, Dave, there was an interesting thing earlier in the tournament where uh, emojis were launched for Steph Curry and it was for a little while the top grossing app on iTunes if you could launch any emojis for football players who would you launch an emoji for? <laughs> I mean, it has to be a full set as well a full set shit I think Rooney would be quite funny I think he's, you could have some quite funny faces for Rooney like showing his emotions that'd be quite good um, other players I don't know, I think you've got to go with your Ronaldo's as well, you know, emoji with him in his pants. Oh, good. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah. Good emoji. Could you, yeah, yeah, you? I suppose you could go for team emojis, I was thinking about it. Just that one sort of come up as well. If you can think of emojis for anyone, let us know. And later in the week, we'll go through the best emojis of any tournament. You could probably go for uh, 7-1 for Brazil. Um, <laughs> maybe you could also go for some crushed glasses for Klopp. Um, no. Maybe a fat Spanish waiter. No. Um, <laughs> or maybe Sir Alex, you could get something else. Um, maybe a horse for him uh, or Michael Owen. Uh, anyway, it's been good to have you guys. Dave, if people want to go and find your work more around town, where would they find it? 
Um, go onto YouTube, type in Dave Talks, and uh, check out some top quality um, videos. What about you, Lawrence? Where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on TFR Live most days. You can also find me on Ball Street every now and again. And of course, you'll find me all over the internet. Uh, at Lostcast, L-O-Z-C-A-S-T. We're hoping to have Adam Boltwood back very... Whoops. We're hoping to have Adam Boltwood back very, very soon. Uh, but until we do, it's been good to have you, Dave. It's been good to have Kristen as well. It's been good to have you guys. We'll see you again real soon on TF3. Remember, Adam, stay safe. Don't yeah. have too many pints. Yeah, not too many, although just enough. Apparently, yeah. uh, I mean, Rory reported in live and said that Adam's a bit of a beer monster. Mm, I, 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 no, I can confirm that being on having a few nights out in London with him. So yeah, Adam will be safe. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely will be safe. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Adam, stay safe. We love you, darling. Uh, just come home, all right. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you. Bye bye.